This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to All right, the London Welcome back to another podcast. episode of the London Is Blue podcast. As always, your host, Brandon, joined by Dan. We're rotating summer hours. Some of you might have that at work. I know uh, we were given it and then also reminded that we have a job to do, so I feel like it was a double-edged sword, but not here, Dan. We respect it. Nick is off. You and I, you just got from a big vacation. Welcome back. Yeah, got a chance to visit Yellowstone and the Grand Tetons. Got a chance to enjoy the outdoors and uh, see things that were blue, like a big blue sky. Uh, you know, things that were blue last year upset me. So this was an opportunity to cleanse a little bit, to renew and come back refreshed and ready to talk about what the hell's going on at Chelsea. Well, uh, plenty of that. I like how we've uh, essentially just had to, with the way the summer's gone, is just do a, a Monday check-in. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Like, where are we at? What has happened since the last time we talked? And we can talk a little high level on some things. So it'll be good as always, you know, just, just seeing what's going around the docket, uh, when it comes to Chelsea, because, uh, there, there's a lot of different things. Um, it bullying and Badad just clearly not boring people. So, uh, before we get into it, we want to remind everybody that we would not exist without you our amazing community of Chelsea supporters. So we can't thank you enough for that support. If you would like to continue to support the show beyond listening, you can join an amazing community of Chelsea supporters on Patreon. Uh, head over to our Discord where the chat is alive and well. Uh, but if you want to go the free route, we love free as well. Just make sure to subscribe to the show via Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Then leave a five-star review on both and then head us or head over to YouTube where you can subscribe as well. Isn't that right, Dan? We are growing. 24,000, almost 300 as of time of recording. So the push for 25,000 by the time we get to Raleigh for the first stop of Chelsea Summer Tour, which is just over a week away at time of listening. Eight days in total till the first live pod of the 2023 U.S. Summer Tour for London is Blue and for Chelsea. Uh, we'd like to hit 25000 It'd be great. So, you know, it, it doesn't cost you anything. It's a nice way to say, hey, we like what you're doing and uh, support the show. It's really great. We love when that happens. And get a friend to do it, too. Introduce them in Chelsea that way. Introduce them to us. Give them something to do. Uh, hopefully your work doesn't block YouTube and you can, you know, show it off there as well. It's a good place to yeah, do it. Yeah, drop in the Slack channel. Uh, reward coworkers with emojis if uh, they check it out. We really appreciate that. All right, but as we look ahead at uh, kind of what's gone on from the last week, the uh, wow, we've had a lot of names go, Dan, but these two are big ones. Mason Mount officially joined Manchester United. I've had to mute him on Instagram for the time being because I can't stand to watch it. Uh, and Aspie Laqueta, I have not muted him because this seems like a natural progression. He's gone to Atletico Madrid, and this just shows you the two very stark differences of these players and their exit stand. Not that either of them were easy, but obviously Aspie leaving is much more palatable. Captain, legend, won it all with Chelsea. Mount, up and coming, England international, all the potential. Bennett Cobham, since he was a wee, wee lad, leaving for a Premier League rival, about as opposite as you can get. And the reactions have been all over the radar, so we don't even need to try to bucket all of that. Yeah, the chasm would be as wide as draining the Pacific Ocean and looking off from California over to Japan and trying to traverse it with your eyes. Like, there's just no comparison between the two departures. There, There's such a wide comparison, rather, between the two departures that have just occurred. And you saw the outpouring for Aspilicueta and how it went down over the last week. Just the 
emotional response he had in the interview. And I kind of took the photos because effectively you had uh, Magdalena Erickson and then also Cesar Espliqueta, the two senior team captains for Chelsea, both leaving in the same summer, both having very similar reactions. Albight Espliqueta with the club much longer than Erickson, but still the way that they had that emotional outpouring for all their time here for everything they did, not just on the pitch, but off the pitch within the community. Amazing examples of being a great human first and a great everything else, second, third, fourth, fifth, and tenth. Ultimately, we can't say enough things about Cesares, but just other than thank you. And in the Mesa Mount one, everybody's going to have an opinion. It's done. It's over. We're not going to talk about him on this show for quite some time until we play United again. And hopefully uh, it's not one of the scenarios where we're talking about how he scored a goal against us. I would rather talk about the fact that he was not present in the matches that we play against him next season. That would be the best thing to to go from this point forward. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know, this Aspie from a squad management standpoint, you got Malagusto right you've got uh on the right center back depending if you're in a three or four you got cover west Fofana, trevo you know tiago depending on what again what we play um uh, we've we've got some options there the depth is good mount depends where you want to play him as an attacker right or as a center mid uh less options as is more people continue to go so uh, a big hole gone from him as far as like a squad balancing and depth standpoint there's there's no way around it um and so i think again that kind of adds to the 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 stark differences of of where we're at um squad composition is becoming extremely big of a topic dan i mean it's I think Dimitri put out like his projected starting 11 already. And I was like, my man, that is bold. I was like, are we sure all of them are going to be here at this point? Uh, the the departures have been massive. Remember, Kai is gone. Conte has gone. Kulubali has gone. Kovacic is gone. Ruben Loftus-Cheek is gone. Edouard Mendy has gone. And there are many more on the outs that we've been, we've been connected with, right? That sounds like Lukaku was the big one, obviously. Uh, you're looking at uh, Aubameyang still. But the one that seems to be the closest to happen next, Dan, is one that excited the hell out of us when it first happened. You and Nick outside Sanford Bridge practically announcing it yourselves. Pulisic. Well, we were there on the actual day, but it seemingly is indicated. All reports are indicating that he is off to AC Milan. And I think the way to sum it up the best is that he had his lowest output in terms of overall minutes last season out of most senior seasons that he's had in football he's never been able to replicate his best period in the 2019 2020 season for chelsea and part of that was due to injury i mean when you're not available for 50 or 60 you know 50 days in a season and you put yourself out for 10 or 11 matches uh, you know that's no fault of anybody's own injuries happen just the inability to be available really was i think a bit of a a death knell for him here at chelsea and ultimately look as fellow countrymen i wish he would have done amazing because it would have been like the best thing in the world to have a player for our national team who plays for chelsea to be one of the stars of the premier league and it didn't align for him and you know what this might just be another transfer or another player that goes from chelsea to ac milan 
like Livia Giroux, like Fakao Tomori, like Ruben Loftus-Cheek now. I mean, it's effectively starting to become a little bit of like Chelsea castaway 11. Hopefully it all goes well for him. I just, I, for him, for the World Cup in the future for the U.S. men's team, be great if he kicks off there. And it's tidy business for Chelsea too. The reports are that we negotiated a sell-on fee that we're going to get above his current book value in terms of what it is. So we'll record a profit this season. We'll save on the wages. Economically, it's a really good situation. It's good for the players. It's good for the club to free up uh, spaces for players that they're also invested in maybe for a longer time like Mikhailo Mudrik or or Nani Madueke, who just had a really strong, you know, under 21 euros. Ultimately, it's just, it's, it is a positive situation for all parties. This is mutually beneficial. Again, we want Christian to do nothing but succeed because we're American fans. We have the U.S. men's national team to worry about. Uh, absolutely walked the Nations League this summer, walking uh, Mexico and Canada. He was electric. He won player of the tournament. He reminded people what he can do. He's come out with some comments while on international duty saying like he wants a team that has trust in him, uh, that'll support him. And there's clearly things that he didn't get at Chelsea. Uh, Rightly or wrongly, uh, Chelsea's highly competitive. Uh, We continued to sign players in his position, which made it more and more difficult. Um, but we always have some great moments from him. And I think that's what we can look back. The perfect hat-trick against Burnley, scoring against Real Madrid on the run of the Champions League. Uh, there's there's just, you know, we think about the shutdown, right, when we when we came back and played and how critical he was under Lampard. Really, really good memories of him. It just, it, it, the full picture wasn't there. But you're not going to hear me blast. Um, obviously, you're not going to hear us take it that way because we're, we're happy that we had him. Just wish it would have gone better. Win-win situation here. Sounds like we'll make roughly $10 million on him as well, which is a, another bonus for Chelsea as we continue to claw back uh, an immense amount of cash this summer. I would say Lukaku, Dan, has actually been rumored to be now open to going to Saudi Arabia. Uh, He's apparently now also open to taking a $1 million pay cut to stay with Inter. seems like he's feeling the pressure the longer the summer goes. He's realizing he doesn't want to be at Chelsea or, heaven forbid, some god-awful loan that he didn't really want. And so I also appreciate that he's looking to get ahead of this as well. But it really seems like where else could he go besides Inter Saudi Arabia? No idea. Um, but he's the next big one that that needs to move. Well, there's that. There's still the issue with Hakim Ziyech. Does he take a potential total package discount and still end up moving to the Saudi League? Like that is, according to Matt Law's reporting, still an option. Aubameyang is another who's reported to be you know, maybe in favor with uh, Gerard's new team in Saudi. So, like, ultimately, there are still a few players that can move. I mean, the the best thing to do with all of these players is to try to get a wrap before the plane takes off to America and or before they have to report back for training. So we know that they're reporting back either the, most of them the 12th or the 13th. So we have a few more days to try and get something done. If not, you're potentially sending them on a plane to the U.S. and then having to negotiate everything after the fact. And you probably won't play them too much because you don't want to risk necessarily injuring them and then scuttling the whole thing. So ultimately, still plenty of work to do for when Stanley and Stewart. Uh, you know, I mean, ultimately, it's just going to be a matter of how quickly can they get these done and how quickly can they work on those while also working on the the incomings that we need to sort to. Yeah. 
Uh, David Dotro Fafana looks like he's all but confirmed to be going to the Bundesliga and actually at uh, FC Union. Is that Union Berlin? Is that right? Um, quick looking. Yes, Union Berlin. That is right. So, uh, Ollie Glanville gave us a little bit of context. He said they're a fun team, excited. He said it'd be a great league for him to develop. Again, he's only 20, so uh, minutes are going to be really, really important for him. Uh, we knew when we bought him there was no real future for him, So, it, or there was no immediate future for him. He's always going to be development, even spent some time with the dev squad last season. So uh, this is all positive as far as, as we're concerned. So it seems like this will be the next one to get announced. And he'll be playing with uh, Brendan Aronson, who left Leeds, another U.S. men's national team player. So we'll see how they link up. Not uh, only that, he'll get a chance to play in the Champions League group stages because they finished in fourth place at the right behind Leipzig and ahead of Freiburg last season. So hilarious. An opportunity for them to uh, him for potentially get some European football, which would be great considering that our most of our squad, unless the ones on loan go to a Champions League side in another league, are not going to be getting that opportunity this year. Yeah. Well, uh, that is hilarious. At the same time, a little bit sad. Uh, good for him. Nothing really on Moises Casado, but there was a randomness with Paulo Dybala. What happens F1? What, like, there's something about this, Dan, that just stirs the rumors, but also shows you just how amazing the meteoric rise of F1 has become. Well, it's, so there's the pit walk that's happening or the pa- in the paddocks where celebrities are mingling in between the different teams' locations or stations on the on the pit wall where they're just walking through and getting interviewed. And so you're bumping into random people, and Thiago Silva gets bumped into by Sky, and they ask him, and he says, oh, yeah, I, it'd be great if he's there. He's massive signing for it. I'd like it, which started a couple hours of rumors. And then Dabala talks to uh, La Roma, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy to be at Roma. I'm staying here. Yeah, we're starting training tomorrow. Like that's just the way that's moving forward." So, a little bit of a, I don't know, half day news cycle about Pablo Dabala that seemingly has dampered back down already. Well, you know that that's understandable. He's at Roma. He's got Jose. Um, didn't they? No, did they win? Did Roma win the Conference League, or did? Or I'm sorry, the Europa League, or did they botch it? They did not win. Oof. Um, well, anyways, we'll have to see what happens. He's a good player, but, you know, I get like Joao Felix vibes a little bit, right? Where offensive mastermind, highly creative, can score goals, deadly left foot. But are you going to get much from him on the other side on defense? Probably not, but he's so talented. If your team is set up to support him, he can be absolutely world class. Uh, Pochettino, what is he going to want to do? I feel like he's going to kind of break this team down to rebuild them. Not sure that's what he's looking for. So we'll, we'll see what happens. <sighs> I'm just looking through these long lists of players that we have. There's really no movement, Dan, is there? It's not. It feels as if this will be the week where we start to see things transpire. You know, you're going to have people who've been in training. We saw a bit of a supercut that was released with a couple of players who've already made it back for some of the conditioning. I think 
Uh, Andres mentioned on Twitter that he thought it was the the most gym work he's seen Chelsea do in quite some time. It was very much the conditioning that Matt Law and others had promised based upon what his coaching staff would likely implement to get players back up to speed. And I'm sure for many people, it's appreciated just the fact that we're seeing them on the exercise bike uh, doing the the you know the jumps over kind of di- different things like you know I don't know it, it feels good vibes it looks like there's an opportunity to probably evaluate you see a lot of players who you know younger players who may not be there we saw like Cassidy being featured will he end up getting a loan someplace else that is likely going to happen too but who knows this is the time to impress on a new boss with other players being out and you might move yourself up the pecking order before other people can return. You know, we know we've seen Connor Gallagher doing a ton of stuff in terms of his physical conditioning, getting ready for the season among others. We've seen Treb's videos, even, even Kukurea is doing some, some crazy fitness regimen as well. So like ultimately all these players, I think prepared and maybe they listen to the pod episodes we did with Matt and they're like, oh, man, we're going to really be ready for Pochettino. And sure enough, it looks like the, the team is going to be ready for us when they come to the U.S. in uh, just over a week. All right. Well, I really hope so. I will say quick shot to the Academy. They are doing the business. I just talked with Phil on Friday. They're cooking it up. Uh, Isha Samuel Smith joining from Everton. He was going to come to Chelsea a couple years ago. Didn't work out, went to Everton. He'd actually feature for the men's team there. Uh, so yeah, we are, they're very excited, uh, that he's going to be coming in, uh, Phil tweeted in reading way too much into things. His sure presentation is with the number four, a center back number in the Academy and not the five worn by left backs. Expect him to play across both roles moving forward though. So again, keep an eye, uh, there. Anyways, we're going to take a quick ad break when we are back. Uh, guess what? We got a potch presser, the first one. So thank you to the sponsors and we'll be right back. Bird dogs make you look good. That's right. Bird dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restrictive cotton. Bird dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So look, I've got a pair. Dan's got a pair. Nick's got a pair. We actually love them. But not only do you get bird dogs right now, if you buy, you get a free tumbler. That's right. You get a free Yeti tumbler. All you have to do is go to birddogs.com forward slash pool, P-O-O-L. Enter the promo code P-O-O-L for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com forward slash pool for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. All right, all right, all right. For those of you who don't know because you're living under rock or maybe the West Coast, we are going to be doing some in-person shenanigans, Dan. That is the official term for what we do because it is not professional, nor should it be. It is an opportunity to have fun and talk Chelsea with people that we love or are going to learn to love because we haven't met you yet. And we hope to meet you in either Raleigh, Philadelphia, Atlanta, or D.C. when we do any one of our live shows in partnership with the supporters, chapters in those areas. And a little bit later at the end of the episode, you'll hear Nick and his pre-recorded conversation that he had with the wonderful chapter of Raleigh-Durham who are getting ready to roll out the blue, not red, carpet in a week's time as we get stood up there and... uh, break it down and have a great podcast session. We love the live pods. It's so much fun getting to put faces to names, Twitter handles, social media handles to faces. Uh, and it's just a huge party, right? Chelsea doesn't come to the U.S. very often. So if you're on the fence, do it. 
message us. We will be doing live pods at every stop along the way. So doesn't come often, but two years no. in a row they've been here. <laughs> we got lucky, 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 right? That we got back to back years. I do not expect them to come back next year, but hey, I don't know. It could happen. We have American owners. All right, Potch's first press conference. Speaking of fireworks, let's go. Barbecue done, press conference done. It is official. Lee Parker, the legend, interviewed him. So you know it's all good. Rubber stamped. So, Potch, week one in the books. Our new Argentinian manager. But here's the deal. He's not manager. Have you noticed this trend lately? Head coach. It's a it's a slight insurance against the idea that the manager controls all aspects of the first team. So things like recruiting versus coach, which is more specific in terms of the you are there to coach the team and manage the performance of what happens on the pitch versus being responsible for everything, almost like a GM or general manager would be in a lot of like U.S. sports operations or organizations. So it is a, a minor verbiage change but has a magnitude of difference in terms of total responsibility or the remit of the individual mm-hmm. i know it's just, it's it's one of those details right like he's in charge <laughs> we, we haven't had a manager like we technically we call a manager and maybe we're helping to you know move forward a problem by continuing to use the word manager in interchangeably with coach but i mean thomas tuchel was a head coach graham potter was a head coach mm-hmm. uh, lampard we returned was a head coach uh, we, we had coaches for a very long time and not managers actually exactly it has been a bit of a of a trend recently anyways right out the bat who will be captain he said, first of all, we need to see the squad, and I need to know and feel the players and the commitment, the character, the personality, both positives and not so positives. We have many players with experience, he explained. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. Olivia, a good friend of the pod, posted about a captain and essentially was talking about Tiago Silva because especially with the clear out, it makes sense. But JT responded because she was like, look, you don't need him to play every single week. He needs to be a leader on and off the pitch. JT's like, no, no, no. You need your captain to play every single week because if they can't do it week in, week out, how are they supposed to tell others to raise their level? I thought that was fascinating because then Olivia goes, well, then what do you do if it's not Tiago? But Tiago might have that season. Remember when David Luiz played sweeper and he played like every single game? You think back to JT, even after Rafa Benitez, he had an injury-ridden campaign, came back, played every single Premier League game the next season when we won it. It's interesting to see what happened. The the reduction in matches might make it easier for Tiago to step in every single week in the Premier League. No guarantees, though. But for exercise standpoint, if it's not him... Who can you rely to play every single week that you would give it to? So if you just look at his history across multiple competitions. Look, we don't have 45 minutes, Dan. He's played I'm not gonna, it's, it's, a, it's a real quick This is like a 30-year career. <laughs> I'm just saying from 2012 to 2013 was his lowest total matches in any individual season uh, at 31. And he has been, since he came to Chelsea, 33 out of 34, 39 out of 46, and 33 out of 35. I think maybe we are 
projecting our thoughts about the availability when he has shown himself to be as available as he needs to be to help the team and support the team. Played almost 3,000 minutes last season, uh, which would be 33.2 full uh, full 90s. So he had 33 total starts and 35 matches played. Now, that meant he was not available for some games last season because we, we did play more than that. But I, I just think... I feel like it's just a foregone conclusion that it's going to be him. I think Pochettino is playing nice and giving everybody an opportunity. I would imagine that someone younger who is potentially the next generation of talent, someone who's on a very long-term contract, would likely be the vice captain this season because you do have now an opportunity to reset there. And I just think the the Silva james combination is most likely going to go down as the easiest thing for everybody in the team to be like yeah okay that makes sense like i don't think you're going to have any complaints from any supporter if you say hey tiago silva's captain reese james is vice captain you good with that you have a problem with that nobody's gonna say i just i don't see anybody saying no i mean what enzo is the only other one i mean keppa has been there for a while and he's a goalkeeper saying he's gonna play but i that would be aggressive right reese james transition under Silva sounds like a win-win scenario, especially if Tiago's not there. And that means that Reese James is wearing the captain's armband. Great. Because he will absolutely rattle Arsenal fans on and off the pitch as he's been doing this summer. Lukaku, love this one, Dan. Love to hear him go, Lukaku? I'm just kidding. He didn't say that. He didn't, but he said the situation is all parties know what we think. He needs to come back on July 12th or 13th to be a part of the squad to start preseason. Like all players, when they arrive, the first thing they do is they come by my office to say hello. This is what I expect if he is still a Chelsea player, straight to my office. Not much more you're going to get from him at this point. He hasn't had a chance to really engage with the player, and so you can't get anything additionally. I mean, there were a couple of opportunities in this first press conference for the media to try to not go to what I would say are the very easy bait questions, which is talk about Spurs, talk about Harry Kane, things that we won't talk about in in length in this episode because we're a Chelsea podcast, but very clearly looking to cause a little bit of ire, a little bit of friction, particularly as they might <laughs> sell Harry Kane to Bayern Munich for a very, very high fee um, with one year left in his deal. So like, ultimately, whatever, it is what it is. I, I understand that they're going to ask questions and I don't begrudge them for getting the right type, getting a story that they're looking for. Um, but I actually thought the next question around like the recruitment structure was like a way more like specific question and more telling about like what's changing in the dynamic at Chelsea behind the scenes because we were asking this right at the end of last season a couple of times and now we're starting to get very clearly a very clear understanding about like who's who's running the day to day now who's actually involved with the men's first team recruitment structure he says i'm not a coach that needs to ask for power i want to work with them to try and make decisions with paul and lawrence when stanley and stewart to work closely to make decisions for the best of the football club yeah, but you know you got ideas. You know you got opinions. So we'll see how it goes. Obviously, this is a big part of the structure of the club. Word is they're still figuring it out. But um, I think that, you know, Pochettino's probably going to be happy that he's walking into a, a, a an aggressively thinned-out squad. A lot of decisions have already been made. And now he can assess the team quickly and then go back and identify gaps that he wants fixed. I mean, think about it. Last summer, Dan... Um, 
you know, we we had we got towards the middle of uh, preseason. We started to get some concrete looks. Obviously, Jules Koundé was was highly targeted after Rudiger left, didn't go through. But then we quickly ended up getting Koulibaly and Raheem Sterling to fill in some gaps that, you know, the manager at the time Tuchel felt we had. We tend to see those, right? Let the manager have a few weeks with the team, maybe a month. Then in August, we're going to start to see maybe some of those incomings happen and what, what might happen. So um, uh, he's, yeah, I wonder how long it takes him to start being, all right, I need ABC, boom, go. Well, and how that matches up with what we're willing to offer because it is a bit of a give and take with, hey, this is the type of forward we want Chelsea to play with. You're a type of manager that we think can play with this type of forward. So here's our list of, one through ten targets that we would consider. We've seen short lists of strikers being touted around as individuals that Chelsea might go after. We've seen midfielder lists that Chelsea might go after. But I think that will likely have some influence from a manager. But I, I do think it's healthy where we have someone who hopefully isn't beating down the door to say, I need my like one or two in particular players to advance forward. Because the thing he talks about next is he talked about like setting the standard and that how like my very much like on the the same notes that he had with the interview with Lee, my target's to win, my aim is to win. If you're at a football club like Chelsea, you can just not talk about doing a nice game, playing well. If you don't win in a club like Chelsea, you're going to struggle. And he did kind of highlight that after that. We need to bring in the players or the players we have. We need to start to believe that from day one. It's about winning, being competitive, and being the best, which, again, it's going to be something that people lap up. But it is the thing you need to be saying to create a culture of acceptance. Like, what is tolerable in this condition? The, the, the tolerance level is winning. Anything less than winning is not is not going to be tolerated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what we need, right? And I think that's what a lot of people came out. Uh, you know, you get the quote from the in club stuff saying, you know, biggest team in 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 London, biggest team in England over the last fifteen years. You love to see it. The Spurs fans lapping it up. One that uh, one player that we talked about, obviously with uh, Sam and uh, John from um, Tifo, was Mudrick. And John McKenzie said Mudrick is going to be perfect for Pochettino and the way he plays. So they asked about him, and he said it is to understand the circumstances how he also arrived. I think it's not the same mindset and everything is different in the life of Mudrik than Enzo. That is why for us, it's really important to spend time to talk. We are talking with Mudrik. I'm going to meet with him before he comes to start preseason because he was in the under 21 euros. Great tournament, by the way, made it to the semis, ran into Spain, unfortunately, and will join us when we fly to America. I really like to see and to know and to try to decide with the staff, the best strategy to help him be at the level. I think Chelsea, when they signed him, expected him to be, ooh, there's nuggets in there, Dan. There, he's saying, hey, guess what? When Chelsea signed him, they had expectations. He has not delivered those yet. We know he can be better. He needs to be better. I'm going to have that talk with him. As a player, I'm very receptive to that. I actually appreciate that if we can find some common ground together. Look, I know people have been posting about his trip to McDonald's, but then he was posting his regular videos after the fact where he's bench pressing, you know, I think beyond this, like beyond what I, uh, what some humans weigh. So like ultimately, I'm not super concerned about, uh, you know, going for a little bit of fast food after running an insane amount in that U21 euros. Uh, he looked good. 
I mean, I think it was unfortunate that they didn't didn't make it to the final. It really would have been awesome to see him going up uh, against the the eventual winners the, in the England side. I'm I'm excited for what potentially could be a breakout season for him under Pochettino. We talked about last season how much he needs the coaching. That there's so much raw talent there, it's going to be really roughing around the edges to make sure that he rounds into form, and, and it's exciting. But he's not the only player because you know, as mentioned about the U21 Euros, Colwell was the other player that he was asked about. You know, there's seen people like, oh, Colwell is going to be someone that Chelsea could move on or they could sell. It's like, no, no, Colwell is there. He's part of the plan. Um, you know, Posh reiterated that he's a Chelsea player in the last few months on Lone Brighton, who's playing really well. He's one of our players. I need to talk with him when he arrives next week. I need to get a feel for him. I need to hear what he has in his mind, what he expects. And, of course, for him to listen to what I expect from him. I mean, th- this might verge on getting into, like, our, you know, preseason predictions or, you know, hopefully doesn't end up as a, I don't know, a Brandon Busby, David Luiz type situation. But... I imagine Levi Colwell is going to be a locked-in 11 starter within the first 10 games of the season. I mean, you've got him on contract to 2025, so you've got some breathing room, right? It's not like there's a ticking time bomb there. Uh, His valuation is skyrocketing over the last season, winning the Euros, the U21 Euros, uh, being absolutely integral from them. Um, Left center back, him and Big Baddy. Right, are going to be vying for those minutes. Koulibaly is gone. So there is a direct line for him to the first team. He has to beat out Benoit Batishila. And if he does that, then he's earned it because we know what Benoit can do. He can also play a little bit of left back. That doesn't really matter. We've got Ian Matson, Ben Chilwell, Mark Cucurella, even Lewis Hall, if you need, right? That there's four players. So we're not really going to need him there. But you go to three at the back. I wonder if he could do a little sweeping. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, it just adds a little bit of flexibility. But anyone who expects anything other than Colwell is staying was out of their mind. Like, it's just too, too crazy. All right. Lastly, we've got some assorted news. What's going on with this new kit stuff, Dan? We, like, before is Paramount Plus, and then the Premier League blocked it. Then they're going to go after stake.com. If we want to think it was because our backlash is fans not wanting a crypto casino, sure. You know, great. They're also affiliated with Everton, so it's a little bit of a conflict there. We don't know what's going on other than we're going retro. That is the only thing we know. We've seen a Game Boy. We've seen a PlayStation original controller. What else? You're the video game guy. What else have I missed? Well, it's not. It, they moved off of the video games because we've seen a candy bar Nokia phone. We've seen an iMac G3, which was the Bonnie blue color. We've seen Space Jam and Bartman posters. We've seen, pretty sure it was the Fresh Prince and Blink 182, along with a couple other couple bands uh, as well. Like they've gone full 90s. We know it's a retro inspired kit. That we'll get, and I think the big, big thing is that Creative Arts Agency (CAA) have been, I guess, tasked by the club to try and find a sponsor at the dollar amount that we're looking for. Which means there might be a very short window, which I think actually is is phenomenal because you're going to get a lot of people who run on this kit in the first couple of days, where it's going to launch without a sponsor on it. 
Yeah. And it, it is not common that you can go and just randomly pick up a shirt without the front kit sponsor on it. There's not going to be a sleeve sponsor because Whale Fin uh, and the, the Amber Group uh, don't really uh, invest in anymore. Um, crypto. Crypto Winter happened. Um, crypto Ice Age. And so this is going to be a very clean, very, very clean kit and i imagine that many people are going to be trying to rush to get it before the summer tour and uh we'll imagine we'll see some of the players in it over the next couple of matches and i i hope that the club can get it sorted for a sponsor in the near future again i don't know if they figured that the like they had allianz was number one but they didn't hit the valuation paramount plus was number two which isn't an issue for syria because inter is looking to to have them as a sponsor but it was an issue for the premier league and so we couldn't go there and now you know we've we've gone to the mat three times with sponsors and like ultimately i think yes there's a an ability to be angry or upset that the club couldn't get it done but i also think you had three examples where they clearly can negotiate a deal they can get an amount and just two times one they chose poorly like the stake.com one is just a, a bad choice but allianz and paramount plus like no one would have been unhappy if those were the logos on our shirt and so i think you can't necessarily people are trying to have it both ways where they want to blame the club for not executing on the deal um and like i i just i and not getting the right amount to fund the team like they they were there. They've been there. They've just been swatted back. I mean, one rightfully so, and two, where they couldn't negotiate a good value. And then you know we we have a new you know CEO though. So hopefully this continues to get fixed. Uh, we're already seeing things like the the Oman Air deal. We're seeing things where Chelsea are getting deals done. This is just the one that has the highest dollar amount associated with it, and so it is the most difficult to negotiate. Yeah, most important for sure. You know, the retro is pretty cool as far as the design standpoint. Last summer, didn't we play in... So last year, we l- announced the new kit, I think played in it once, but then summer tour played in the old kit from the previous season, didn't we? You're asking to remember way too yeah, far back. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we <laughs> didn't play in the summer tour in the new kits. So I'll be interested to see what they play with this summer. Um, Nottingham Forest didn't have a sponsor. It's not unheard of. If you feel like Dan, right? If you if you're a business owner here in this situation, you say, "Hey, someone's going to give me X over three years. I don't think that's enough. If I lose a year, but we get back into Champions League or some other things happen, we have more time to negotiate a better deal and we can get a higher valuation over the next three years. You forego this year. I don't know if the new CEO started. I was googling that as well. Chris Jurek, right? I don't know if he's actually started because the last article I saw said it was like a date TBD. So we'll have to find out. Either way, there's still people working on this, trying to keep it moving. Um, but wouldn't that be, I thought. I think it was Tom Overend who tweeted, he said, wouldn't it be hilarious that a year where we don't have a shirt sponsor, it's retro looking, is the year we sell the most kits? I mean, think about the FA Everyone's going to uh, buy it. No sponsor? The FA Cup <laughs> kit. The I've got it. Throwback to the yeah. 70s with the FA Cup final kit that had the Yokohama that you could barely see on the front of the shirt was one of the cleanest kits that Chelsea and Nike were able to put out together. This seemingly 
Because if you get what I guess what people would hope for is that you get the announcement of the home away and a third kit in quick succession. So if you wanted to buy all three of them without a sponsor, you'd be able to do it without much fanfare or with issue before a sponsor does get announced. I think that they will be a little bit of a I don't know football kit collector, you know prized item you know 15 20 years from now be like i remember when chelsea couldn't even get a kit sponsor um when we're maybe pulling in a 70 million 80 million pound a year kit sponsor at that point in time in the future because inflation yeah absolutely um it'll be funny to see all right last before we head to the interview uh u21 england win the euros a great tournament for a lot of young chelsea players in general uh levi colwell absolutely bossing it left center back uh nani Matawake had a really good tournament picked up a knock ended up becoming an impact sub really really great tournament from this team phil was even talking about uh just the work that the manager's done and at this age group they play some very impressive football dan yeah it was really good to see i mean i think ultimately uh the the spain side didn't necessarily come as as prepared as the england side who were very very well drilled throughout the entirety of the tournament uh hats off to all the teams that played i mean i think the you know ukraine in particular was going to be a real cinderella story if they did make it to the the final i think that would have been a very very exciting thing but ultimately cola looks the part you know there were quotes that were coming out after the fact i forget who put it out on Twitter, but there was someone mentioning that they spoke to a Premier League executive or manager, and they're like, oh, he's going to have 100 caps for the the senior team. Like, that he's, he's going to get to the point where the senior team for England can't ignore who he is. And so, I mean, I think that this leads further credence to the fact that you need to figure out how you get him fully integrated this season to be a starter for Chelsea as soon as possible. That, that, that to me is going to be a very interesting problem for Pochettino to solve out, particularly when you have a timeless defender in Thiago Silva, a new up-and-comer in Benoit Badeo-Shiel, and now having Levi Colwell. It's a good problem to have. There are times we talk about it where we're like, where are all the bodies? We need bodies. This is the flip side where it's like, we have too many bodies. How do we fix the problem? And that's why Pochettino is the first-team coach, and we're not. And that's something for him to solve. But hopefully it involves uh, everybody being happy and us winning a lot of matches. Absolutely. Just such a great sign uh, for a lot of the players involved in that one. Um, And we continue to see young up-and-coming players exceed, just excel at a really, really high level. Um, Love the Levi Nani love and success that they had. It's just going to drive their confidence ahead of this preseason. So I'm excited to see both them in person. Dan, as Nani said... On the IG Live, Levi, I'm, we're coming back. We'll see you in America. Hell yes. Super excited. Anyways, that's going to wrap us up for the roundup. Uh, when we're back from the ad break, it's all about Nick breaking down what it's like hanging out with the RDU Blues. Thank you to the sponsors, and we'll be right back. All right, Chelsea fans, we're doing a fun segment uh, this week for each of the summer tour destinations that we are going to be at. And we thought, there's no better way to, to get these done than with the actual folks who are running uh, and hosting the events in their specific regions and locales. And so we're going to start off what we're calling our summer tour series uh, with Tiffany Brandon of the RDU Blues. Tiffany, how are you? Doing well, Nick. How are you today? Good, of course. And we're going to be talking a lot about 
the events, what's going on, what you can expect uh, in each individual location if you've booked your tickets, and hopefully feel like you have a group of friends that you're that you're going to go see, um, whether it be next week or the following week on on Chelsea Summer Tour. So, uh, are you ready for a little lightning round of questions, Tiffany? Let's do it. All right. So can you just briefly describe who you are, what you do for your chapter, and kind of a little bit about the chapter itself? Sure. Um, so my husband, Shell, and I started RDU Blues back in 2018. Um, we run the chapter together. and um, RDU meaning Raleigh-Durham? Raleigh-Durham. Yep. yep. Um, which is actually two separate cities and is not one place, but the airport will lead you to believe otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just been a real delight. We we've got this fantastic group of supporters that come together. Um, they range in age from like six months old, you know, all the way up to, to full blown adults. Um, and it's, it's just wonderful. We meet at a tavern, um, in Raleigh called my way tavern on St. Mary street. And they're amazing to us. Um, the earliest the matches get over here on the East coast, obviously it's about seven 30 in the morning. So they'll open for us for those, uh, breakfast, whatever we need anytime, anywhere. So, um, we just kind of feel like we have a really great spot, but we also have a really great group of people. Um, and I think that's what makes what we do in Raleigh feel so special to me. Um, because we really do hope that when everybody comes to visit, whether it's for this tour or just because you're in the area at any other time that you feel like you're walking into a big group of friends and family and you just pull up a seat and hang out with us. That's kind of the environment we try to create. So about six months ago, we start hearing rumblings that uh, the now famous uh, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhinney led Wrexham are going to play our beloved Chelsea Football Club in the town in which you live. And it's like, you know, culture clash and everything else that's happening here. How did you take that information in? Like, because it's it's I mean, the circus is coming to town now, right? Um, I, it was crazy, Nick. Um, you know, we had, we were lucky to have another tour stop here last year, um, in Charlotte. And That's where we met. That's where we all where hung we out. Met. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad that you liked us enough to come on back to North Carolina when you got another <laughs> opportunity. Um, we, we had joked within our group for the whole summer last summer, that it would be just so crazy if they ever came to Raleigh and Chapel Hill or anything like that, but never thought in a million years that we'd wind up with a tour stop. So we, we've all been um, really excited about it, honestly. Um, I actually went to UNC for undergrad and I worked there for a long time um, as well. So it's it's really special to me to get to see Chelsea play at a place that I love so much personally as well. Um, but it's it's going to be great. We're really excited. Yeah, so there's a lot happening. We are obviously, as the podcast coming down, and and we'll be a part of festivities, but can you just go through really both days of of events, right? We have the day before on on the 18th where we have a lot of uh, festivities happening, the day before the game, and then, of course, the day of the game and everything that comes with that. And I will say before uh, we, we get stuck in, if you are coming to any of these locations, like please, if you have questions, hit us up in our DMs. Uh, we'll we'll link, of course, to the RDU Blues page as well. Tiffany's incredibly uh, organized and and put together for these things, and so she has an answer for almost every one of your questions. She won't say that out loud, but I will. 
Um, so, you know, if, if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't know about this thing, or I, I want to try this thing, or I need a place, you know, to take my family to eat some food, like there, there will be coverage there. So, all right, without, without further ado, let's talk through the events that are going to happen. Cause this is going to be uh, a lot in two days. Yeah. Um, I hope everybody's getting a lot of rest now. Um, so on Tuesday, our festivities kick off with Lennon is Blue. Um, we'll be at My Way Tavern, Raleigh. There are two locations, one in Raleigh, one in Holly Springs. Please come to the Raleigh one because Holly Springs won't have any of this stuff. Um, and you guys go on about four o'clock and right. we'll do the pod then. And that does run right up into the open training. Open training is happening at Wake Med Soccer Park beginning at five. It is a... Um, it's an open training that, that will host both Wrexham and then Chelsea. So the Chelsea portion will actually start at 6.30. So if you do come to the pod recording, you have plenty of time to get from My Way Tavern to Wake Med Soccer Park um, before Chelsea gets their training going. Um, then for those of you who aren't going to the training, though, My Way will still be open. They'll still be you know, doing their thing between the podcast and the open training. So if you're not going out to the open training, you can stay and have a drink or you can, you know, go do something else in Raleigh that you want to do for a little bit. Um, we will start lining up for the um, Chelsea FC legend event at 8 p.m. Um, that's when the queue will start for the meet and greet portion. Um, and I'm really excited because I can tell you now um, I've known for a couple of days, but I wasn't allowed to say anything. Um, Gary K. Hill is our legend. Ooh. I know. We're very How excited. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's been a really hard secret to keep because I've been so excited. Um, so anyway, so he'll be getting there about 8.30 as long as everything goes well with traffic and, and timing on actually transporting him down to my way. Um, so we'll we'll start the queue about 8 at my way tavern. Hopefully we start the photos and um, autographs at 8.30. Um, before that, I almost forgot to tell you guys. Um, 7 p.m., um, we are going to open a parking lot party at My Way. So there will not be any on-site parking in their parking lot that you would see on their website. Please find street parking or, you know, ride share or, or something like that. Don't drink and drive. Just Uber. No. Please. Yes, please. Yeah. Please, please. Um, but for people who live in the area that are used to Raleigh or just used to uh, My Way having a parking lot, that will be closed um, the entire day on, on Tuesday. Um, outside in the parking lot, we're going to have some really fun games. It's going to have a real like traditional tailgate feel like you might have, um, have experienced anywhere in the South. So, um, or for any big game anywhere. So there'll be, um, you know, like a soccer games and there'll be cornhole and, and stuff like that. So that'll all be going on outside insides where we'll do the meet and greet and then the legend Q and a, um, so we'll actually start the Q and a portion about 30 minutes after we do the meet and greet. So about 9 PM is when we could expect for the Q and a with Gary K Hill to happen. Um, and then if we need to, we can open back up for photos. Um, but we figure by nine 45 or 10 o'clock, it's just going to be a fan party from there. So that's it. My way will stay open until 2 AM, um, which is unusual for them, but they're going to stay open all night for anybody who wants to stay out that late. Um, and that'll be what happens on Tuesday. That's just Tuesday. Um, just Tuesday. <laughs> let, let's let's talk about Wednesday, right? This is big match day. It's Chelsea's first 
uh, match since the end of a terrible last season. I think there's a lot of excitement and anticipation building for uh, a lot of change, hopefully, this year. Mm-hmm. Um, what's happening on Wednesday and where is it happening? Because you, you guys are a bit unique in, in the fact that there's many different uh, kind of townships along the way. And so now you're, you're we're transitioning over to Chapel Hill, right? That's correct. Yeah. So the match is actually happening in Chapel Hill. So we felt like it made the most sense for everybody um, to actually be in Chapel Hill during the day of the match instead of trying to get people to drive up and down the highway um, because Raleigh and Chapel Hill are about 25 minutes of a car ride apart. Um, On match day, we will be meeting at Still Life on Franklin Street, so Still Life Chapel Hill. Um, I don't remember their address off the top of my head, but they'll be open at 2 p.m. for us that day. Uh, That's about five and a half hours before match start. So plenty of time to get lunch beforehand, come in, um, have some drinks. Still Life does not have food, so you will want to make sure that you eat before you come or that you plan to get some food before you go to the match if you're if you're doing it in that cadence. Um, there will be an area um, in Still Life that's really more family-friendly. Um, they traditionally don't let people in under 18. They're obviously making an exception for this event for us. Um, but they will have kind of this whole area where we'll have some really fun, like mocktails and games. So even if your kids are a lot younger, you can feel okay to bring them here. If you've got Mm. younger kids, um, as well. So know that that's going to be an option in an area, um, for anyone who's, who looks it up and is like, well, that's a club. It is a club, but they're going to make some, some adjustments for us that day. Um, at some point, I don't know the exact time. Um, there will be obviously the Chelsea FC fan fest going on that'll be near the stadium Um, another thing that we're really excited about for our group um is that we have an incredibly talented um really well regarded here locally musician named garland mason who is one of our own members and he's actually going to get to perform at the fan fest which is amazing super cool wow so yeah so we're really pumped for him um we'll probably be making a little rdu excursion over to the fan fest to see it but also to watch garland and then we'll probably come back to still life um depending when he plays but so that's something that we're really excited about that's really unique to our group um and for anyone who doesn't have tickets yet that might be looking for tickets here at the last minute um and especially people who don't want to pay for the um the Hollywood factor that we're getting hit with here a little bit on the resale tickets. Um, there is an event being held, um, over the business school FICO is putting it on and the first 50 attendees to that event at 4 PM do receive one free ticket each to the match. So how about that? Yeah. So just a little something else. You do have to go to the business school and actually do whatever their event is, but that's just something else to keep in mind for anybody who's looking for tickets. Um, match will start at 7.30. Um, we're recommending that people walk over. It's about a 15-minute walk from Still Life or from anywhere else on Franklin Street to Keenan Stadium. Franklin Street is where you're going to be centralized if you're coming in and you want to find a drink or food. That's probably going to be your best bet in Chapel Hill. Um, it's about a 15-minute walk. And we're recommending, honestly, that people probably start walking over around 6.30, 6.45. I don't know how it's going to be getting in the stadium. Usually, Keenan Stadium is really, really good about getting people in pretty quickly. Um, but these things are always a little unpredictable. So you'll want to give yourself a little buffer. Um, and then after the match, we'll all go back to still life. And it's going to be lit up very, very Chelsea blue. And we're going to go till 2 a.m. again. 
So a couple of late nights in there. That's okay. We're all we're all good. It's it's a Tuesday and a Wednesday, so do with that what you what you will. Um, <laughs> look, uh, obviously, we're really excited to get down there. This this match in particular has a lot of extra fanfare around it. It's going to be a lot of fun. But for you as the person who has done a majority of the organizing and um, kind of event planning for uh, everything that's happening, what are you most looking forward to for, for these couple of days in your hometown? I think just having the club here is what I'm most excited about in general. Um, I'm so excited that we get to show everybody our little corner of the world. Um, you know, I think that for us, and for me, being in this area is really special. And I know I said it at the top of our discussion, Nick, but I really do feel like our group is really special and really wonderful. And I'm really excited for so many people who probably wouldn't have had an occasion to come to Raleigh to come and meet us and, and meet everybody. Um, and then for it to be because Chelsea is going to be playing at my alma mater's football stadium. Like I, I just, it's, it's too exciting. So it's amazing. I'm just really excited. Are, are there any lookouts or any or any watchouts for people who are coming, you know, as far as, you know, what they should or should not maybe uh, do uh, that, that you'd want to call out just so that we're, we're giving people uh, enough notice here? Um, generally, we're pretty flexible. Um, there's not a lot of things to really caution people against. Um, our group is, I mean, relatively family friendly and that like we do have. I don't know how many kids will be out like at the late parties or anything. Um, you know, so I'd maybe just caution people to be a little mindful of that. Um, parking in Chapel Hill is a nightmare just to be really honest, public parking. Okay. Um, there is parking for sale, um, on goheels.com. Definitely recommend if you're committed to having your car that day that you do that again, ride shares, lift Ubers, highly recommended. <laughs> and, um, you know, instead of that, if you'd like, but if you're, if you really want your car there, definitely get some parking and pay for it and just deal with the cost, unfortunately, um, because some of it is, is not terribly cheap, but it'll be worth it to have your car there if you want it there. Um, like I said, at my way, they're not going to have their parking lot open. Um, so if you're used to that, that's not going to be an option. So again, Lyft, Uber, walk. Um, but I think honestly, we're just excited to have everybody there and, I can't think of anything that's like a major, you know, flag to, to throw for everybody here. Cool. Um, you know, people are going to have to eat outside of the the two events at the My Way Tavern and Still Life. Uh, are there three restaurants that oh. you can recommend? And I know it's going to be tough and you're going to leave people out. And you know what? That's just the game we're playing here. But um, are there three restaurants that you would recommend people check out that are maybe off the beaten path or wouldn't be like the first name on on Yelp? Ooh, okay. Um, well, my way does have food, and they will have food that whole day. Just so, just to throw that out there, they're going to do their um, late night menu for us that whole day. Um, other than that, we have um, a little Mexican restaurant in Cary that that my husband and, and my family and I love a lot. It's called Bravo's. Um, if you're just wanting a really comfortable, good place to go. Everybody's lovely there. Um, the food's really good. Um, there is a really excellent, uh, pizza place in downtown Cary called, I, I obviously live in the Cary area, which is why you're getting all of these, sure. um, called Defara. That's wonderful pizza. 
Um, in Chapel Hill, top of the hill is iconic. Um, that's where if you've seen any of the like kind of the before and after photos when UNC's won a national championship, they're all taken from that balcony. It overlooks Franklin Street. Um, IP3 is a great pizza place in Carborough. Um, and there's a really good sushi place in Raleigh called Ajisai. It's over in what's called the Village Ooh, District. Okay. Ajisai is outstanding yeah. sushi. Some Mexican, some pizza, some sushi. These are all these are all acceptable things. Um, well, I'm glad. All right, you get the last word. Um, what you know? What kind of vibe are you hoping for? What do you hope people get out of this experience? And if, you know, if they can leave with something. Uh, whether it be a memory or lack thereof at the end of the, uh, <laughs> at the end of the couple of days, what do you hope that is? I hope people leave with a sense that they will always be able to come back and watch a match with us. That's what I want. That's the type of group that we've built. And, um, if you've looked at the registration form or if you've looked at any of our social media, you always see that we call it a family. Um, it feels that way. My kids have grown up with them. I have an almost five-year-old and a two and a half-year-old and they literally have not known any of their life without this group. Um, and a lot of my best friends are people that I met through this group. So I hope that if there's something that people walk away with other than a wonderful experience and hopefully a Chelsea victory, um, that it's with the sense that, you know, they can always come and watch with us at Raleigh. There's always a seat for you. Awesome. Okay. Well, look, this is, uh, of course, uh, our first stop, on the tour. Uh, we are incredibly excited to get down there and uh, just under a week's time already. Uh, but we will, uh, we'll of course, be seeing you guys. You guys know the live show is happening four to five, which gives you plenty of time to get over to the open training should you choose to do that or should you choose to stay at the tavern. Uh, we will uh, we'll be there as well. So I uh, appreciate you, Tiffany. We will see you in a week. And uh, yeah, let's get this thing going. That sounds great. Can't wait. All right, producer Jake taking over on the mic to say that is the end of this episode of the London is Blue podcast. We hope you enjoyed. We hope you got all your fill on the transfer latest and hope you got all your fill on the Raleigh-Durham stop for the Blues. I will be there enjoying a game and enjoying some drinks with hopefully lots of you. And before then, uh, we've got some excellent podcast content coming out this week, including a massive scouting breakdown with Lee Scott tomorrow. Uh, including some questions from y'all. This is CFC Central, Dan and Lee Scott, talking all things the behind the scenes of scouting at a professional football club. So that's a pretty fun episode. On top of that, we've also got the women's team crew at the Blue Royalty podcast breaking down another new signing in Hannah Hampton. So go check that out. It's out today. If you missed Ashley Lawrence's deep dive, that's also up there. Go check it all out. And uh, we'll see you later this week. Until then, keep the blue flag flying high.